Welcome to Antique Dust. Hello, everybody. Well, we have a very exciting episode here. We're doing a first collab with RetroTube um, on the super, super scary Exorcist. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust, Dust, joined by the absolutely lovely, lovely Adam from RetroTube. Hello, yeah. Adam. Hello. That's <laughs> my spooky Halloween hello. Yes. Hello. Ooh. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, so, we have all watched The Exorcist, and we probably all have our own individual stories. We probably of do. The Exorcist of when you first watched it and everything. Um, we have we watched that last night. It was very spooky, um, and we watched the director's cut, which was the of... version you've never seen before. It was called in two thousand when it came out. And in my was case, two thousand. Oh, and in my case, that's literally true. Really? That oh, I've ne- wow. I've never seen it. Oh really? Oh, oh yes. gosh! Wow. Oh. <laughs> My goodness. So so we actually broke your cherry then with with watching The Exorcist this weekend? Um, I've seen The Exorcist before, but I've never seen the version that you've never seen. Ah. So I've still never seen the version that you've never seen. Ah. Ah. Well, the very, very first time I saw The Exorcist was on the 25th anniversary, the Halloween special, where it got the digitally remastered version. I think it was in 98, because obviously it was 25 years. And I scared myself witless because I watched the documentary of how they made The Exorcist. And I was terrified. And I don't I don't like spooky films. I'm very much like Heather. Heather, unfortunately, isn't into spooky films, so she's not joining us from Retro Tunes. No, she's, she's off out wandering. She's calming herself here. down some chamomile tea and watching yes. a cosy Miss Marple. <laughs> uh, so. But I was I was terrified and I watched the making of documentary and I was determined to go and see it at the cinema because they did the whole re relaunch in ninety eight at Halloween. So yeah, kinda of, kind of spooky like Halloween again. Yeah. And um when I went to the cinema, I it was at the time when Harry Enfield was on TV, you know, with Kevin the Teenager. Yeah. And I looked at Regan and I was with my mate and I said, it's Kevin the Teenager, female form. And then I said it a little bit too loud. So everyone was in the cinema. It was a packed out cinema. And someone, someone actually then started saying, oh, it's Kevin the Teenager. And then there was titters of laughter. So every time it was meant to be getting really, really spooky, people were saying, oh, it's Kevin. And were laughing at the uh, at the Halloween part. So I think... I think my first experience yeah. of Halloween. Yeah, Jonathan, <laughs> John, Jonathan ruining people's <laughs> cinema experience. I know. Uh, yeah. So, um, and that was the first time I've watched it. And I bought the DVD when I first had, uh, I went and invested in a DVD player, but I never actually played it because I didn't actually want to watch it on my own. Oh. It's really weird that I wanted the DVD, but I didn't watch it. And, um, and so this is the second time I've actually watched it. Wow. I was creeped out. I was really, really creeped out. So did you watch it on your own, Adam? I did, yes. Um, I 
I've only ever seen it on DVD. Maybe it's a thing to see at the cinema. So I came to it knowing it by reputation. And um, I think my parents said they went with friends and they had to drive around in the car for a long time afterwards because they were too freaked out and they couldn't go home. Um, so I I had that weighing on me, plus Mark Kermode uh, banging on about it constantly. Um and just this reputation of being the scariest film ever made. Oh my gosh! And so I came to a question. Oh, this is going to be brilliant. It's going to be terrifying. Um, and I had the opposite to you. It's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, I didn't find it in the slightest bit scary. It's like, oh, it's a sarcastic teenager. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I think when I saw it in the cinema, it was I laughed. And yes. And it, it it wasn't that, but watching it yesterday night, I it was creepy because ah. I was completely immersed into it, mm. and because we had we've got the director's cut where the sound has been lifted a lot more, yes. yeah. and the, it 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 just creeped me out. It really did. Hmm. I, 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 and, I, and I was prepared. I was fully prepared for the creep out thing. But the thing is what really creeped me out, out was the operational thing. Not the sort of... The, yeah, the, the, the angiogram. The angiogram. Yeah. That was... That... That's horrible. That, really, really horrible. Mm. Um, and that really, really creeped me out. And, mm. and oh, this is the, the subliminal messages that were shoved into into it yeah. with regards to scary face i think they've slowed it down so you see the face rather than you don't you, you, you don't know exactly what's happened there well according to to william friedkin it was never subliminal you were always able to see to see the images mm. but you just didn't notice them until i think until until you know they're there you don't notice them maybe that is subliminal but it's not it's not such a short flash that you can't actually see them no and it yeah but it it, it is creepy and the score is just this whole soundscape of the whole the whole thing was just brilliant i love it i love tubular bells <laughs> i do actually yes <laughs> So, so do you want to hear my exorcist story? Yes, Rob has a quite a. I have a different. I have a different experience of <laughs> wow. the exorcist. Um, imagine this: uh, Scotland, the early eighties. Thirteen-year-old me, um, come home from the video rental store with a with a copy of the Exorcist on on VHS. On a, it was a Saturday. Start off. We put it in. Me and my mum. Uh, my mum very quickly disappears because <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't um, hack it. So there am I watching The Exorcist all on my own <laughs> on a Saturday evening. I was absolutely terrified to the point of um, post traumatic stress. Oh really. no! <laughs> well, because it was a video dad, nasty, wasn't it? It was. I was a poster boy for the Video Recordings Act. I was. This was exactly the experience. <laughs> the banning of video nasties was meant to um meant to stop yeah it was made worse by the fact that my dad was out he came home uh after i'd gone terrified to bed and then he watched it very very loudly so i had to listen to the whole thing all over again (laughs) it was it was a long time before i could actually watch any horror movies after uh, after that and i avoided i avoided horror as a genre how many other times have you actually seen The Exorcist apart um, from that? 
I, I saw it again for the 25th anniversary, so that was... At the cinema? In the cinema, uh-huh. and I, I steeled myself. No, I, I screwed my courage to the sticking place and went to see it, and I thought, oh, that was it then. <laughs> I was mm. disappointed yeah. when, I, when I saw it the second time. I thought, oh, what was, what was all the fuss about? I've seen so it did- a couple of times since then, including last night, and... Having gotten over all of that, I can go. You know what? It is actually a really good. It's a really good film, but it's not as terrifying as I experienced it when I was an early teenager. No. Do you, Do you think did Did your traumatic childhood experience did that become like a warm memory, or is it still like oh, I wish I hadn't? Because I think like a lot when I saw scary things when I was little at the time, it's really scary, but. Later on, you look back, you go, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't like horror films. I really, really hate horror films. I don't like being scared. I think the suggestion of being scared is, is, is terrifying enough um, for, for me. And, mm. But I think because... The Exorcist was, was was created in 1973, and I was born in 1973. So you're as old as The Exorcist. I am as old as The Exorcist. I think also you had The Exorcist, you had Jaws that came out in the same year, I think. No, Jaws, Jaws was, was later was than... 77, I think. Yeah, Jaws was later. Uh, oh, that, oh, right, yeah. So, But you say there, there, was, there, there were those two sort of, sort of like movies which were terrifying. Jaws is a laugh now. Yes. But I, I think Exorcist... It, it, because it, it 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 covers so many sort of like religious sort of elements, it really does. It, it it's quite terrifying because it's gone on to scripture, isn't it, and everything. And it is actually based off a true story mm. um, because Batty did it on a there was a there was a boy that was apparently possessed, and he investigated all of uh, sort of the, the whole background of it, and it was asked, please don't reference the boy. So he made. The, the the person that's been sort of exercised um it's sort of the girl and i think it works really well having the girl in that point because it's really really terrifying isn't mm. it i mean i know it's something like like the rough girls from the precinct uh the shopping precinct yeah are, are sort of 13 year olds nowadays are, are probably <laughs> sort of have worse language i think i went to school with worse girls than that Oh gosh, you must have gone to a really rough, comprehensive. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was there was it's uh, oh yeah, it's just I think because it was so so different and and I think it's because the innocence of a child and yeah, well, I mean that's that's very clear. I mean that's the 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 I think that's the heart of the story: the corrupted innocence of a of a child. Of a child. And, I, and, and I th- the casting was, you know, they, they cast, they looked for lots, lots, lots of young girls, but um, Linda Blair was cast because she had that wholesome. cutesy, wholesome innocence. Mm. But Jamie Lee Curtis was wanted to go for it, and I think she would have probably been really good. Yeah, I think a, 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 uh, her mother Janet Lee refused, understandably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because the book was in the charts, wasn't it, for for, for over a year. And it's it, it is really 
I think the history behind the Exodus Army, because we've cause obviously because we knew we were doing the podcast, we um, sort of did quite a lot of research with regards to YouTube. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so, but we did. <laughs> so, uh, with like YouTube videos, I still can't find the 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 documentary that I'd watched before it came out for the twenty fifth anniversary because there was so much um, sort of urban myth behind the filming of the production mm. and. Uh, and it's it it was fascinating um, with regards to the story. I and mean, they're trying to remake The Exorcist, which I think is a really bad idea. But I think doing like a docudrama about the making of The Exorcist, but you know, you know, like they've done with they did with Feud um, with uh, Bet, um, was it uh, Joan Crawford and Bet? Oh David. yes, yes. Um, I think if they did something that the, the creators of Feud did. A TV series based on the production of that would be good. The Exorcist. Yeah, I think that would be much pitch better. Yeah, you'll have to pitch that to Morgan Creek, won't you? Yes, I, yes, current, I will do. The current owners of the franchise. I will, I, I will sort of get, get up my my brother typewriter and I'll start <laughs> typing a letter at the moment I finish this. But I think because there, there was such a clash on set. Uh, because the writer didn't like what the director was doing and there was a massive hoo-ha towards the end of the shooting. I think they eventually made up because obviously they made a, a pot of money. Uh, yes, I think they were quite good friends after after a little while. Yeah, but it, it's, it's just quite unfortunate that the writer, although he was successful, he never really beat the success of this. And I think that's the problem because it's he's, he, he peaked. <laughs> But yes. it's, a, it's still a, a quite an awesome peak, though, isn't it, really? Mm. But I think, I think because all, all the urban myth are in regards to having the, the set blessed, I think that's quite a lot of a PR stunt. And yeah, I think, I think there's, a lot, there's a lot of PR, PR puffery going on. Well, I, d- I don't the, think they realise with, with, with regards to all what happened with the audiences. And, and it was just, oh, it, because they say that people were fainting on vomiting. and yeah. P- uh, and you just think that it, it just seemed like mass hysteria. Yeah, which I, is I think ideal it, yeah. for the for, well, for, for... absolutely. <laughs> and you know, you're going to watch a film, and everybody's telling you it's the scariest thing ever, and you're probably going to faint or vomit. Then, you know, psychologically, that's really setting you up for for a particular experience when you go and see it. Unless, yeah. you, unless you're like me, and you go with your your hands firmly on your hips, like, no, I am not going to. <laughs> I'm not going no, to vomit. No, no, no. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> so, I, so for anyone of our listeners that hasn't actually seen The Exorcist, perhaps we should sort of recap what the story is. So the general story is, it starts with the, the first 10 minutes. It's very yes. filmic. You're it's like an Indiana or... Jones film. Yeah. It, it did. Yes, it did. It started, oh, and I, kept, kept, look, I kept looking for Indy. Um, <laughs> and it starts off in Iraq with... So, uh, a priest that's ex- well, an archaeologist that's excavating sort of a site, and there's a, a, sort of a weird correlation between sort of the devil. And it, apparently, for the backstory is that he's exorc- he's done an exorcism in the 1950s, and now he's an archaeologist, and archaeology uh, uh, sort of looking at history and what have you. But it's not really explained. There's only like 12 sentences that are said in the first 10 minutes. Mm. I, f- I find the prologue very compelling, actually. There's something quite un- for me. There's something quite unsettling about the about the prologue. It sort of brings up a 
um, you know, there's a real atmosphere of paranoia and it feels quite, you know, the, the, the heat and the dust, it all feels really oppressive. I think, and I think it sets up the movie really well. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I could probably disagree a little bit because I, I, I think the intimacy uh, of the... You could, you could potentially cut the first 10 minutes and go straight into this into the story about uh, the sort of famous actress. She's doing a film in Georgetown in a rented house. She's got sort of she's got servants. She's got a cutesy cutesy sort of preteen daughter, and and it could start with that. Um, yeah, because that's like that's like the that's that whole domesticity which we can relate to. But I suppose with the first ten to twelve minutes when you're in Iraq. And it's it, it, you can you can feel the heat and everything coming off the screen, and it. But I suppose it's that jarring ju- juxtaposition of something so ancient and and foreign, and then something so real and relatable. But so yeah, I suppose it, it works in that way. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't think it adds anything to the story it just adds texture really but it doesn't you could snip that whole thing off and it would change wouldn't change the story at all you've got the little idol thing that he digs up um which acts as the MacGuffin for the whatever but it's never really explained what that little guy he digs up is or what that has to do with the possession uh or how no the only relation you have is on on the one on the on the exorcism around the bedroom mm. when the lights come up you see the demon uh, or the devil yeah. so the prologue is really presenting uh, father Merrin having a pre- it's about he's having a premonition mm. of of the battle that is about to come against the demon Pazuzu Pazuzu, mm. uh, Pazuzu who um yeah and he has that face off with the uh, with with the demon in 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 the desert and then you have that that transition from the heat and dust of of Iraq into Georgetown in, Autumn, the, in, in the fall, and it does look. In fairness, Georgetown looks lovely, doesn't it? The university town. It, it does look fabulous. Mm. Although apparently now the house is now the house that they filmed. They they changed the house dramatically. They put a different. They put, they put a false wing on it, and then and put a sort of an attic. Yeah, an attic yeah. window in. Yeah, so they they can for the filming they constructed a. Uh, uh, basically, the, the the part of the house where Regan's bedroom is that's that was all constructed for the the film, really to make the whole thing plausible that someone could be pushed or or leap out of the window of the window and down the down, down, down the steps. Andy Andy constructed a false roof as well to give it an attic because the original house didn't have an attic uh, or doesn't have an attic. Uh, but the house now has a very very big wall and had solid gates, solid gates, <laughs> so people can't so people can't. The looky loos can't can't come round and peter in the windows. It's, a, it, it, it's mm-hmm. essentially the Abbey Road crossing of Georgetown. You get all the people flinging themselves down the stone steps and all that <laughs> kind of thing, and getting their photos Selfie taken on as, the steps. as they tumble. <laughs> but I think it, so it sets itself up really well. And then you've got, uh, say, Regan um, is obviously they're in a rented house, um, and it turns out that. Um, the father is in Europe, mainland Europe. She, the mother's filming a student protest film, and uh, and so sort of they're just sort of staying, put staying there for a, a short period of time. So Ray, Regan's gone through the cupboards and dug out a Ouija board, 
and this is how we feel that it's sort of the devil has has come into her via a Ouija board. Which what was the name of it? Was it Mister? What was the Captain name? Howdy. Captain, Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. That's Howdy. right. I forgot to write that down. Yes, it's it's <laughs> odd. I think seeing it with twenty twenty eyes, the Ouija board and the seance has been so overplayed in horror films, like really cheesy teen horror films that it's odd to see it in a really classy horror film. Oh, I think this was the original though, wasn't it? I think it I probably think... was, yeah. So but... it's, I think so many films have taken components of of the structure of The Exorcist um, to develop like, with the, the subliminal face, the mm. soundscape, because they've obviously got, there's that special note which will send chills down your spine. Infrasound. Which, the infrasound. Infrasound, yeah. So, right. which, is, which is used sort of, sort of, relentlessly in various sort of tv shows now isn't it so it's uh it is quite spooky mm. what i didn't quite get with the film though is that you've got the you've got the 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 priest uh the sort of hot priest that's into boxing and jogging and everything and then his <laughs> mother I, I really i got a bit confused with the mother aspect i mean because we've got a, a conversation with Oh, right. he goes and visits this old lady, which turns out to his mother in this wreck of a building, and then we have another scene where she's been put into a mental asylum. Yes, it's quite a I jump. Didn't quite isn't it? get that. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the one of the things that I noticed watching this time round actually is the progression of time in the in, in the film seems a bit odd. Um, there seemed to be uh, time moving really quickly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so there were these odd, jumpy progressions without any explanation. No, I mean, so you got that his he couldn't afford medical insurance. That's why the mother had been put into a mental asylum, uh, but she was and chained I'll, to the bed. And I like the cuts felt... between that and then going to the actress's Chris, uh, what's her name, Chris O'Neill. Yes, uh-huh. Chris O'Neill. The the sort of the juxtaposition between. The priest who can't afford to take proper care of his mother, and then Chris O'Neill's lovely sort of life, and her lifestyle. big car, and her beautiful rented yeah, I, house, and it's, it's quite yeah, a, and it, quite a class commentary as well as all the other things as well. It was, but then again, when you're with the church, you sort of take a vow of poverty, don't you, or or some such. You you sort of you relinquish all sort of material possessions. So that's a, a type that that is what you do when you go to the church. So. I suppose from a narrative perspective, what the what the mother really does is give uh give a give the demon something to attack him mm. with. You know, that's what that's what's really being set up with the, 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 the mother. It's about his guilt and how the demon uses his guilt then to to attack him during the exorcism. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, there didn't seem to be a, a huge amount of explanation of the mother, um, the, and that's. I suppose I could ask, how much explanation do you need? I don't know. It's uh, and then we've got uh, the really drunk director uh, when we have the party scene where yes, Burke Dennings, yeah. yes, played by Jack McGowan. Yes, with Who wonderful are... drunk acting. I thought that was his drunk acting. Is he great. was amazing as a drunk, wasn't he? I think he probably was a bit half cut while filming. In fairness, I think that that, that they did, they did feel a little bit of uh, <laughs> authenticity on that. Uh, of course, Jack McGowan is actually in one of my favourite movies that Jonathan just doesn't like what's at all. Which one's that? The Fearless Vampire Hunters. Oh. <gasps> 
So he's oh, also in one no. of my favourite movies, which is How I Won the War, the Dick ah, Lester, yes. John Lennon film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which he plays <laughs> yeah. quite a uh, a character who starts as... Uh, he's he plays the Corporal Klinger character several years early, but he's he's playing the character who's who's pretending to be mad in order to get out of the army, and he's 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 being like a clown. He's playing it sort of like a comedian clown character, but as the film goes on, he gets more and more. He basically turns into a fascist, and he turns into a sort of ranting Hitler-style character. So it's all it does the whole satirical war thing, but he's really good in that as well. So people who haven't seen well, I, say, I, thought, I, I thought it was really interesting because he got very drunk and he started picking on the German chauffeur on the, on the house yes. the housekeeper I and mean, he just where did that come from <laughs> just, it turns out Burke Dennings wasn't very nice yes. <laughs> no. just a horrible little man he was a horrible drunk mm. yeah and then so, and then he's sort of, of course sadly Jack McGowan died shortly after filming The Exorcist the curse of the exorcist yeah, apparently, apparently. <laughs> people die oh <laughs> yes apparently the, next on- curse of the exorcist is the actress who played um, Father Merrin's mother died before the film was released, but she was nearly ninety, yes. so it's hardly she was hardly cut down in her prime. Yes, and <laughs> and a film that took as long to make as The Exorcist is bound to have, yes. have people, you know, sadly dying, particularly the older, the mm. older actors and technicians. It just happens. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So you've you've got that. So the the nasty director he gets his comeuppance. So you think, yay for that! But we don't actually see anything <laughs> yeah. happen with that. <laughs> Do you want to put a little bit more, yeah. more, uh, more, well, more detail around around that? <laughs> well, as I, well, he's found at the bottom of the steps with his head twisted round the wrong way, way. and, uh, and it, which is interesting because I've I've read the book several times, and there's a really there's a really gruesome scene in in the book where. Where his his injury is revealed by being pulled back for, on a mortuary slab, and Ooh. you know that sort of false thing that your memory does sometimes. And I convinced that that was actually in the film, and it wasn't, and it's not. I had wow. one of those as well. I had a it's a, the Mandala effect or the Mandela effect, where um, I was convinced you did actually see his death scene, that you saw yes. him like at least start to tumble. I'm probably conflating it with the character who does end up going down the steps, but. Um, yeah, I had it in my mind that that you do see him like looming into sort of mm-hmm. fisheye lens, and as he starts to fall, but no, he he dies entirely off screen, which is very strange. Yes. However, I think uh, there is a. I think they have shot. I think they did shoot something because I do recall while watching the documentary, which I still can't find, hmm. that they are in a mortuary. Oh, Ooh, so maybe curious. they did. Because they, I mean, because they, because with the the storyline, with, with the documentary that they did, they had said, "Well, there's so so many things that were cut out because the film was just so long. It's over two hours, isn't it? It's mm. two hours, two hours twelve minutes or something like that. I mean, it's a good film, um, but apparently they did film lots. So maybe it was in the version I saw back in the eighties, but has been subsequently snipped out. Maybe oh, I I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was because the, there, there was a mortuary scene that was because they went because they had a mortuary scene and then they did uh, the soundtrack where they went to the, so with the documentary they went to a farm where they filmed or an abattoir where they were filming um, well, sort recording of rather than filming. They were, they, were reco- they were recording pigs being slaughtered oh, for part of the soundtrack. Nice. Um, so I mean that they really went for it with the soundscape of this, mm. and it's just so 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 eerie. Is, is this the Mark Kermode documentary? 
It's not Mark Comer. No, this was oh, back, this was back okay. in '98. Yeah, he'd, um, he'd won roundabout then because the disc the disc that I was lent, which is the 20th anniversary, has got his documentary on it. But they presumably did several at the same time. I think that this was an Amer- This was an American one because ah, right. I think because they did the digital remaster and then America did the history of the Exorcist and how it's filmed. And I think the documentary was about ninety minutes long, and I think it was on Channel Four. Um, and I was it was on reasonably late at night, and I watched that, and I was totally hooked. And then that's what made me want to go and see the film because otherwise I'd just totally avoided the film. But mm. because I, my interest was peaked. So uh, we have the mystery of the documentary and the mystery yeah. of is of the the, of the, the Mandela effect of the mortuary scene. Yes. So if any listeners and are out Bert there, Denning's falling down the stairs. <laughs> if any listeners are out there, please do let us know if you've got a cut of this this with the mortuary scene, um, because I say that the 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 what the the one we've seen last night was the director's cut. So we've had uh, the sort of the. the the crab walking down the stairs with blood. The spider walk. The spider walk. With the blood mouth. Yeah, the blood mouth. Um, and that was really, really creepy. But there no, was, wasn't, wasn't there another one where it was, it was walking horrible. along the ceiling? There was one walking over the ceiling, or was that No, that one? that's 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 another false memory, I think. Is that a false memory? Yeah, oh. the, there is there is a, a, a deleted scene of of, um, of Regan uh, scurrying about terrifying Sharon, flicking her tongue in and out. That's the that's the alternative spider walk. Right, ah. oh, I know. So, anyway, so Reagan <coughs> sort of suddenly goes down a, a very slippery slope. Yeah, and that was one of the uh, one one of the, the the sort of like almost like the jump cuts, the the passage of time that was quite slightly hard to follow when she's suddenly having all of these tests without any real explanation hmm. of 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 why. It seems that time has passed quite rapidly it's, it's, and we're not told why she's suddenly having all of these no, tests I, I, found that, I, I like i like films and i like tv shows where you have to work and sort of you have to work and think about what's happening and make your own summarize uh, summarization but with that it did seem to be like with the mother that was just like jumped and then you went from regan sort of being a happy girl Sort of model making and playing on the Ouija board as you do, and to doing a party wee, an an- uh, yeah. uh, to doing a party wee, and then and being, having an angiogram, and then uh, being whizzed yeah. off to a hospital where she suddenly swears at the doctors. That was that that was really disconcerting. That wasn't yeah, it? maybe that that's well, presumably that's the director's plan to 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 wrong foot you and um, leave you wondering what's going on here. Uh, yeah, and so she has all these tests. They imagine, they think it's one thing, and then think it's another thing, and they have all these tests which are really gruesome, and then they think, well, it could be a psychological thing, so therefore it may be worthwhile going down the religious route because then the, the suggestion of having an exorcism may reboot what's ever happened in a psychological sense. That's how the the priest gets in, which I think is quite an interesting option because they've befuddled their medical profession <laughs> yes yeah I, th- I think from a, a modern uh perspective i i can't imagine a modern day uh psychiatrist suggesting an exorcism because i think we would what we would say is that 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 could that could potentially um damage rather than help Yes. yes, but this was 1970s, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, interesting enough, the the the, the uh, medical procedure is is an interesting slice of history because just after they filmed this, and it was done in a real, you know, the 
the the the doctor who conducts the the an, mm. angie angie what was it an, angiograph or yes. something like that yeah um he was subsequently sent to prison for murdering a, a journalist really yeah I thought it later. wasn't the doctor who. It was one of the other. It was the guy who pushes. Yeah, it's it it think it's his assistant, the, tech, the bearded guy, yeah, who's the, uh, the 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 technician. Yes, the technician um, who's yeah. who's. But uh, shortly after they filmed this, they they changed the way that they 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 do the procedure. So this actually is capturing on film a way of doing a procedure that is actually like a bit of slice of history. God, well, I, I just found that really really gruesome. I, I didn't like. I don't like medical procedures. I didn't like the squirting. No, no. oh, no. <laughs> squirty blood, squirty blood, no. I didn't mind the heads revolving round and things like that. That wasn't the problem. Yeah, but Although squirty was... blood. Well, it's always my yeah. problem. I don't know if you, how familiar you are, you are with the John Carpenter thing movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm fine with all the, like, things coming out of chests and heads, sprouting legs and all that, but the bit where they get blood samples and have to cut their thumbs with a scalpel to yeah. get the samples of blood, I can't watch that. Just give me the collie wobbles. <laughs> so it's a similar thing. Just anything vaguely, anything kind of small and vaguely realistic. I just like can't look at. Yeah. But see, it's got a big, it's, spectacular, yeah. grand guignol things it's happening. The, it's the I'm realism of that. The, you know, the the realism of that. Yeah. Of of that 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 scene that is unsettling. Yeah, I, and it's sort of almost more brutal than anything else. You know, the the medical profession is is imposing something really awful and brutal on 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 a young girl yeah mm. and so the x-rays it was just so noisy and that was just really discombobulating i really ooh. but that's, but she just basically reagan just seems to disintegrate in front of us and so, suddenly it turns from sort of like happy wholesome girl to to feral pre- sort of council precinct sort of uh sweary sweary yes. girl and, or a new uh, york taxi turns into a new york cabbie yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i from the, the point when the priests get involved i really I, I i really quite like that i sort of you've got sort of hot priest that's jogging and, 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 and <laughs> hot priest hot, hot priest slim pickings in this movie. slim pickings slim yeah. pickings um then so, you've got so is the... he hotter than the party priest the one that plays piano well, the party priest is actually a priest in real life. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, <laughs> so... I, think, I think he's a bit too wholesome. He's really. he's, he's the bit here. Yeah, he, I think little... I think Father Caris has a, has an edge of danger to it yeah. That, yeah. that Jonathan finds quite appealing. Yeah, as, as, as little brunette. <laughs> <laughs> so... But you can tell that he's got sort of he's got multi layered. But I couldn't couldn't believe that actor didn't actually go on and do much else. No, he was really after... good. Yeah, he was really good, but I think maybe he got typecast a bit like Reagan. Yeah, she just actress. became one of the screen, screen, I can't even say it, scream, scream queens. queens, which I think is always quite a shame for actresses, just to, like, you've been in a horror yeah. film, now well, you can well, only be in horror of, films. Well, you've got like the likes of Jodie Foster, where Jodie Foster was in all the very wholesome Disney things, and mm. then she went and did Taxi Driver, yes. and that sort of, that sort of reinvented... Um, so what she could do, and that put her onto a different, a sort of a d- different career trajectory. But with this, because it was such a big thing, that everyone just recognised her for that. And although she came back for the sequel, didn't she, for Exorcist Two? Or... Mm. Well, we don't we don't talk about Exorcist Two. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've not seen not it. Not in the same breath as The Exorcist. <laughs> so, I've, not, I've not seen it either, but I have seen Exorcist 3, and that is actually really good. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. was done by the same writer, wasn't yeah. it? So, and he directed it. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, but I love with regard... Because I think if this was rebooted now, it'd probably be lots of CGI and everything. But I think all of these special effects were genuine special yeah, effects. Yeah, they're all practical effects, which is and quite it makes remarkable it, really when you consider consider and, the technology of the day. And it really makes it, it, it really it gives that tangibility of realness, which I yeah. I, 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 I know the head's spinning round, that's potentially not, but <laughs> Yeah, I have to say that the, the head spinning bit is my least favourite part of the of of the film not just because you know the effect is a little bit uh cheesy wobbly but actually and this might sound peculiar but i don't like it because it's just so implausible Mm. Mm. yeah the 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 rest of it i can i can buy into the rest of it but at the end of the film she still has the scars on her face from all the things happening so why isn't her neck broken why isn't she yeah, why isn't she in a neck brace? Why isn't mm. she dead? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because we already established with Burke Dennings that having your head twisted around backwards tends to be Kill. fatal. Not, not good for <laughs> you. Yeah. In, in, in the novel, I don't know if you've read it, but in, in, in the novel, the, the head twisting is represented as a sort of hallucination. It is it's presented as something that, that Chris McNeil sees, but it is clouded in a whole fog of did it didn't it did it happen mm. didn't it happen whereas to actually have it presented as a real thing a real thing just you know it cuts through my suspension of disbelief yeah so but i thought the general i think the acting talent was really good and also when they bought the actress mercedes something or other mercedes mccambridge mccambridge that did the, the I, I thought it was a male voice when i, I it's only after i watched the documentary i realized it was a lady uh, you can you can hear it's a female voice. You definitely can hear it's a female voice. Well, well, is it, well it could be like Marge's sister from The Simpsons, <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit like it, isn't it? Really, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought because uh, it was so very very creepy. Uh, the pea soup thing doesn't really stand up nowadays. No, it think. looks very green. It's yeah, far too green. And mm. I think ever since uh, I think French and Saunders did a skit on this, where your your mother sucks jelly babies in hell. Uh, <laughs> my, so that line. No, is... my mother's a biology teacher in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it has been sent up a little bit, but it's still. I still feel it, it's super super creepy, and I I like that. The... I think it has its moments. It does. It does have moments of genuine chill particularly those sequences when there's noises and you're know, opening the bedroom door and it's like not knowing what's there what's what you're going to be faced with i think there is there there are chilling moments do you know but... what i know the biggest jump scare i had from this go on then uh, it's when the mother goes up into the attic with a lit candle <laughs> oh yes uh, where she goes up into the attic and then suddenly the candle just turns into a flamethrower. Just that brief moment and then the German housekeeper sort of turns up. But I'm He's sure... Swiss, Jonathan. He's Swiss. Swiss. He's oh, Swiss. Swiss. 
There's a great po- pains to point out to Burke Dennings that he's Swiss, oh, right. not German. I must have missed that. <laughs> I was probably too, too over entranced with the fondue they were serving. No, <laughs> <laughs> so to be to be fair, I think that that jump scare of the candle, it's a bit manipulative really isn't well, it, it worked it, 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 it does work it does work and it's, but it's very much setting out to to give everyone a massive scare and then have a bit of light relief and a laugh afterwards yeah because well, that that i mean that they the, the way they paced it for for this the jump scares the scares the creepy 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 and then the um i think the priests that the way they did the exorcism and how long it took and going back and having a breather. And I thought that was really good because I think nowadays I don't think anyone would give the screen time for such a thing. It would probably be lots of shouting and it would be a very short scene. But mm. this, they prolonged it and that question mark was there. And then when the older priest sends the young priest out because is the devil's talking in his mother's tongue um, and then dies, I think it was just that element there was really good and it was quite a long a long sequence of scenes those and because we're invested into it i didn't feel like it was a overly long time i want to say every scene and every moment and every everything was blocked out had meaning and uh, a moment and it it added to that suspense is I mean, it, we were always we were, it was foreshadowed at the beginning part with the older priest with his heart condition, and uh, that was one from even the first Iraqi thing. So, yeah. Um, it's, so, in, but, it's, it's interesting that for a horror film, I think there's only three deaths in it for a horror film, and two of those take place off screen. So the only person, uh, as far as I remember, that you actually see die is the lead case, uh, Father Merrin, but Father. Yes. The other one, and yeah, Burke. We, we see we see Father Karras dying, but Merrin, Burt Dennings, Karras's uh, mother. Oh yeah, they, she... they, yeah, they, they. We don't, we don't see any of those mm. those deaths. We see the aftermath of Merrin's death. We see him dead. Yeah, yeah. but Do, does um, does Karras not die off camera? I thought he comes back in. Maybe the the slightly different. We both watch different cuts, so we're talking about subtly different films. But I thought he went back into the room and just found him already sprawled on the floor. Yeah, well, well, Merrin's sprawled on the floor. Karras mm. uh, is the young priest that throws himself out. Uh, he throws himself out, out, the out the window. Yeah. So he's he's the only violent violent death violent mm. death we see. Yeah. Um, so. And I thought that was really good. And I like like that he sort of he offered himself up to the devil to, to come out of Regan, and he made that calculated decision. And the, I think the scene where his face suddenly changes and distorts, and then he fights back because he knows full well that say he will be killing the, the child as the devil. So he has just that moment in time to to make uh, to make a decision, and yes. he does. And I thought that was excellent. In the in the original theatrical version, that scene's not particularly good because the the the, the transition from uh, Father Karras with the, the 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 demon makeup uh-huh. and Father Karras without the demon makeup is really obvious because he actually is in a different position. So there's a real oh, a jarring. real jarring effect. But they've actually smoothed it out with CGI and the. Oh, was that was that the CG? Was that, uh... Ooh, right, so they okay. smooth they smoothed out that whole scene to make it much more uh, 
realistic mm-hmm. and, and natural. Yeah. So, and I thought that was that was really good. Now, the only thing I did find a little bit sort of unneeded was the um, police person, the police inspector. Oh, I really, I really, I like, I like, I his really character. like the character of Kinderman, and I think I think he does a really important job in the in the in the film. He's the voice of. He's the voice of reason. He's the voice of the audience. He's he's repre- uh, This yeah. is just my thought, but I think mm-hmm. he's representing us, asking uh, more questions. Yes, I mean I, I I like the character, but I uh, I think it could he could have been maybe introduced in a different way, um, because it just seems to he just turns up. Um, well, that's what policemen do. They know, just but, turn up. But it was <laughs> yeah. It it, it, it 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 I I think some of it. I think if it was remade now it would probably be slightly shorter and it would it it wouldn't probably make you work as much as you do but i think the good thing about this film is it does make you work it does make you want to talk about it and i think that is part of the good thing about this as a film because you do want to talk about it it's a shared experience Mm. because it has got the tangible history and it has got it has it's got substance i mean I mean, I mean, it's it's the same age as me. It's forty-seven years old. I wonder if there's going to be a fifty-year reunion or a fifty-year reboot for it. <laughs> I, I suspect. I suspect the fiftieth will be marked by the release of the the remake. Oh, it's coming! <laughs> it's on its way. Paris Hilton stars as Regan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's very much considered to be a franchise. And so we've had the TV series, which I I watched the first series of the TV version, and actually I really I really enjoyed it. I watched two episodes of the second season, and I didn't enjoy that quite so much because it just felt it was just very much on this along the same line. Was this the one where it had Gina Davis as Regan? Yes, right. Who so, as the, as the adult Regan? Sharon Glass. Oh, we love Sharon Glass. Sharon, oh wow, Cagley and Lacey. I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I won't say any more. If you've not seen it, I won't say any more about it because for spoil for spoilers, spoilers. Yes, but but the way that Sharon Glass is introduced is absolutely phenomenal. What does what? Does, I'm not going to say because oh, that will spoil it. Oh, okay. Sorry. But it's fun. Her introduction had me laughing hysterically. Oh really? Yes. Oh god. It's it's a phenomenal intro. Is it is it scary the series? Not especially. No. Is it Johnny friendly? I would say it. You you might want to look away occasionally, <laughs> but um, it's not going to send you terrified, running, screaming out the room. Oh, okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad episode of Brookside. Uh, so, so, Adam, going back to your scary movies, you did say sort of off screen, so that, that this wasn't the scariest movie you have seen. What would you say is the scariest movie you have seen? Well, it's a little bit of a cheat because I saw American Wealth in London round a friend's house when we were probably about 10. Um, oh. So that scared the bejesus out of us. Um, uh, that and, was a comedy, though. Yeah, well, I think that's part of why it was so scary because I hadn't really experienced... I mean, Mark was a lot more worldly than me, but uh, I, I hadn't really experienced horror films at that stage. But the comedy lulls you into this false sense of security it's like oh this is quite it's a jolly it's two american kids and it's sort of you know a bit, bit of a 
a, a standard that 80s wise cracking kind of comedy yeah. and then just when you're in that zone then just suddenly there's all this really quite terrifying stuff and it's one of the early films that has the, the dream fake out where he wait he has the awful dream and then wakes up and that turns out to be a dream as well so you get the nazi monster leaping out of the curtains at jenny agatha and all sorts of things and we just really age 10 just blow our tiny minds we were we were terrified but it was quite exhilarating it wasn't um i, I love the sequence where he changes into a werewolf for the yes first time. it's brilliant it's so it feels so painful yeah it's real body horror mm. it really is I and mean, it's great i it, i just absolutely i, I I haven't seen the the American Werewolf in Paris. I'm no, I a gave that a miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, what would you say is your scariest movie? Well, obviously, you've already had my Exorcist anecdote. So, so for a thirteen-year-old to me, then probably I well, not probably I would definitely put put the Exorcist into that into that bracket uh, of more recent um, horror movies. I tend not to be all that. Scary find things all that scary no oh, i think I, no i don't I married a psychopath I, I, no, no, I think it's i think those neural pathways were burnt out when yeah, i was much exactly. younger and but there are certain there are certain modern films um like insidious for example that although i overall i i wouldn't say they were terrifying but what i what tends to affect me are the more the kind of the jump scares mm. or the or the things that when suddenly something happens and you get a you, you get a you get a bit of a a start a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a jump. I mean, I I grew up watching all of those, you know, the Hammer. But I know I know you probably laugh, but um, after watching a film like you know a Hammer Dracula, <laughs> film, I used to be quite spooked going to going, going to bed. And I used to like listen out for vampires at the scratching door. at the. Yeah. Did you have garlic behind the, the back window. of the door. <laughs> No, we didn't is, have garlic back then. <laughs> is it Insidious, which has the Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips bit in it? Is that Insidious? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. I've not seen it. Because uh, that's one of the things... Yeah. That, that's one of the few things in horror films, I think, these days that does scare me is... Um, I can't remember if it's Insidious. It's one of those James Wan films where um, she is... Uh, the main character, I forget who's playing her, but she's she's doing her laundry and she's carrying around a laundry basket and she walks past um, this. He looks like a Victorian or Edwardian schoolboy and he's just he's standing in the corner facing the wall, but she doesn't notice him, and we do, and that's always the, I find the most effective thing is when the audience is ahead of the main character so it's almost like the opposite of jump scares jump scares like they make you jump but and it's over. Um, i like things that really creep under your skin so that, that bit in presumably insidious or whichever film it is when she's doing the laundry and she sees the or we see but she doesn't see the boy standing in the corner and then he starts to dance in a strange way to tiny tim's tiptoe through the tulips uh, which is just very odd just nicely odd, so I like that. I, I liked the the TV version of the the haunting of Hill House for a very similar reason, in that there was all. Ah, I hear it's good. I've not things. seen it. Yeah, so there. Just what you're saying there. We we see creepy things that the the the, the characters haven't seen, and they're just walking past them, and then suddenly something emerges. 
that we see, mm. but, they, they don't. but they don't. Ooh. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I've, I've not mentioned when you, when you asked me about horror films uh-huh. and, and uh, The Haunting, the original, the original version of The Haunting, one of yeah. my favourite films, and still today actually gives me the... We watched gives that, me the we, chills. not so long ago. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, just it's that psychological horror rather than uh, in your face it's sort of gruesome, gruesome stuff. stuff yes, I really like the, the freaks. Nineteen sixty-one, and actually, I think that's an interesting film as well uh, because you get all these stories about the curse of horror films, the curse of the Exorcist, and the curse of the Omen, and particularly the curse of Poltergeist, where cast members died early. Um, if you look at the the cast members of uh, The Haunting. Pretty much all of them lived into their 80s and 90s, and some of them are still alive today. So that's the definition of a non cursed film that they all (laughs) all had long lives. (laughs) Yeah, the the scariest one, there's the first horror thing I saw, and I think I was about 11 or 12 when it was Poltergeist. Mm. And that scared the life out. I mean, it was the clown. Yeah, it was, well, clowns are always scary. It was, it, it, it was the, the 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 killer clown doll. It was the uh, sort of the branches of the tree coming in to grab you. Yes, uh, I couldn't. I, I, for, for about three weeks, I couldn't go into my treehouse. Um, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame! Poor Johnny couldn't get in his treehouse. Uh, but I think the most gruesome part was when you've got the documentary filmmakers that are actually in the. The TV, in the actual house, mm. and he's looking at the mirror, and his face, he's pulling his face apart. Yes, that really made me gruesome. And my my bedroom at the time had the Louvre doors, um, which uh, really scared the bejesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be more scared of um, Halloween. <laughs> of the, I've not seen the Louvre doors. Oh yeah, because you've got a killer in them. But with that one, you've got you've got like a big. Well, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis hiding behind them, which is really not a good tactic. <laughs> no. a, good, a good tactic, really. <laughs> no. So, but overall, I, th- I I really enjoyed watching watching The Exorcist, and it's I think the history of it is just brilliant, mm. and the 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 sort of urban myths are just quite delicious. So. Yeah, I, I so think anyway, it, so- it it worked for me. Now I kind of know that it's not really going to scare me. It worked for me more as a drama with really surreal bits in it rather than a horror film. It's almost paced more like a drama and it doesn't do a lot of the... It's older than a lot of horror films because well, my theory is that possibly The Omen, 1976, is the film which really invented modern... The way that we structure and look at modern horror and the way that kind of the scares are paced and dropped in at regular intervals throughout so i that, I'm, I'm thinking either I, I may be wrong people may be able to think of an earlier one that does that is paced in a similar way to well, i think anything horror. which has got a child child in it mm. has a spookiness to it if something a child is naturally that that hereditary sort of vulnerableness yes um and when you've got something quite <coughs> nasty happening in and around that's the the key thing but i mean the exorcist some of the the scenes were filmed like a documentary yeah that's just that's what i was going to say that, mm. that one of the things that for me sets the exorcist apart from more modern horror films apart from the ones that you the obvious ones is that it has a a real documentary feel in in, in parts which yeah i i you know for example, this this the scenes in the mental hospital. I had to keep reminding myself. Actually, these are 
this this is this is this has been filmed. The, 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 these are actors. This is antique dust from the future. It turns out that many of the people featured in the mental hospital sequence were actually genuine mental patients who were filmed using hidden cameras. It had that yeah. real sense of realism about it that that is quite unsettling. Yeah, it reminds. Yeah, I think. It reminded me of an early Scorsese film. Those early, the, for the first half of, before it starts to get full on exorcisty, it it plays like a Scorsese <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I yeah. It, I think it it was just very well, very well done. The PR team did an awesome job with regards to marketing it because I mean, for a film, I mean, how many other films can you say uh, that are forty seven years old are still talked about? Well, there are quite mm. a few. Well, there's, but, quite, there's quite a few, but there's not that many. I mean, for the amount of... for And this was the first horror film to win an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you would say that how many 47-year-old horror films or films of that sort of genre are talked about, and probably not as many as um, other, other, mm. other genres. Yeah, so... But anyway, so... We've had we've we've put the worlds to rights with Exorcist. We've shared our memories. I've got the names and, of the characters uh, mixed up. Yes, we've got characters mixed up and everything. But hey, yeah, that's, part, par for the course. that's par yes. for the course. Yeah. So this is uh, yeah. So so we're going to launch this on Halloween uh, Halloween night. So Ooh, spooky. So uh, don't say Candyman three times into the mirror while looking at it. Otherwise, Julie Garden will come around and criticise your clothes. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just scratched my head at that. I didn't I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> So, well, it's a it's a different spin on it, sweetie. It's a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, well, hey, hey, and farewell. Cheerio. Bye bye. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, very fun. We will be doing another collab, but with Heather in tow when we are doing Children of Green No, which mm. is getting quite spooky as well. So, but a different sort of spooky, isn't yeah, it? Not in the idea behind the the sofa variety. <laughs> <laughs> so in the meantime it's farewell from me Jonathan and it's goodbye from me Rob and it's goodbye from me Adam This has been an Antique Dust production.